0: Oh, crap. Are you serious? You're going to do podcast winners? <laughs> God, Cody. I got zero. Oh, you're just segued right into something. I'm <sighs> just going to walk out the room here. You can have the microphone, the shared microphone. I don't want it anymore.
1: Welcome Sacramento soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis. And in today's show we're gonna be talking about our tie 1-1 at Tampa Bay. First time we ever play over there too. And of course, hearing more of Jared's experience there as he did a day trip and went through all kinds of different weather and all that. But luckily his public subs were able to not be in the rain and he's still able to uh, enjoy them for the rest of the week here. But let's go ahead and introduce Sharon and Jared. But first let's go over to Arizona this time. Since he just got back, uh, basically just like, what, 12 hours ago or so, maybe, right, Jared? How's it going, man?
2: Well, I actually got in yesterday, but uh, yeah, my body doesn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> still still fighting the remnants of jet lag, but uh, with the glasses of gr- uh, gratitude, uh, you'll see that, thankfully, it's not as bad as it was. But, uh, yeah, less than 24 hours in Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg. I'm kind of hoping we get scheduled out there the next year because I, I would love to go out there again. So definitely uh, quite quite a bit to talk about. And from here, we're going to send it over to Elk Grove. Uh, Sharon, how are you doing? So I'm
0: doing I'm doing really good. And this is going to sound really random, but I think I may have found the oyster shucking like one of the links for the live show for oyster shucking because <laughs> we just found out that Luis has a side gig and it's kind of cool. And he does it live, so I. The only thing I remember of a business that was live was this oyster shucking and pearl sale. It's like you buy the oysters and you pay online, and then they shuck them in front of you. <laughs> so, Luis is going to be not shucking oysters, but anyhow, I'm doing good. Short, short answer, Luis. How's that business going?
1: Uh, it's going good. It just kind of got started recently, and. You know, I'm really excited to uh, see how it all turns out, but uh, y'all know that I like to live stream a lot, so uh, luckily I have that experience already, not only with our podcast, but with other shows as well, so I'm very well prepped for that, but I do want to watch that show that you mentioned, and we'll share it on our socials as well, so everyone here in this can actually <laughs> experience that, and what that's like, and all that, because uh, I'm really curious how many people have actually gotten the pearls, and how much people are, you know, Dumping money towards to, you know, get a chance to actually get a pro that could be worth so much more. So uh, sounds interesting. Uh, Definitely one that I want to watch already. (laughs) But overall, doing good. Um, It's been, you know, some days now since the game. But really proud of the team and the effort that they put out there. We'll be talking a little bit more about what happened. But we get a valuable point. What do I always say, right, with the way games Go over there. Of course, you want to get three points every single time. But if you get a point, that's great because we're doing great at home. And any points you gain away is just making sure that you stay in the top four. And that's our, our goal, just like it is for any other team to, to be up there, to be able to host that first playoff game and onwards as well. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go with go of gratitude. So Sharon, let's get to it.
0: And now one of my favorite segments Golazas of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Galazas of Gratitude. So my golaz of Gratitude actually is like unrelated to anything. It goes again to my sister, who is handling a lot of things um, behind the scenes to, as you know, my father died last December and uh, she's doing a, a magnificent job at handling everything. And I just, I just want to give her a shout out, you know, for everything that she's been doing. I, I can't wait to see her again. I think, I think she's going to be at the June 17th match. Um, Cause she really wanted to see Monterey play, but she wanted to see them play in Monterey. She found out that it was a match in Sacramento. I think she was a little disappointed she's like, "Oh, let's let's have another Monterey road trip." Because I I fondly remember the last road trip because you guys joined, you stole my phone, Luis. Jared. <laughs> I picked him up somewhere in San Jose, I, yep. somewhere, and yep. you know we just had like this random weekend of seeing each other, having good meals. I kind of saw my sister, I, I slept in the same hotel, but it was just, you know, all those memories kind of come back. So it was focused on my sister, sister's desire to, you know, join us in Monterey. So unfortunately the seven game on the 17th is a home match. We got a cream Monterey. I'm always afraid of all the teams that are that are coming up against us, but glazes of gratitude to my sister. Jared, what about you?
2: Well, I definitely got some glazes of gratitude to go to go around here. Uh, first of all, de- uh, a lot of uh, glazes of gratitude going out to Jane Scott Walker and her family uh, while we were out there at uh, Saint Petersburg for for the match. Uh, we ended up going to this uh, pre- pretty pretty uh, pretty good uh, restaurant called Ford's Garage, uh, a couple blocks away from the stadium. I had some good food there and was able to store some of my. Uh, Goodies from Publix um, with with their truck. So definitely appreciate the, uh, the, the great time uh, we had out there. We'll go into more detail here in a little bit. Also, out as a gratitude uh, for my mother-in-law who uh, saw that I was just completely dragging with the jet lag that I had because this is the first time I've gone three time zones one direction and three time zones back all within less than 24 hours. So that B12 shot was a savior. Uh, bec- especially with today having to work the special project of shipping monitors and everything like that so that definitely helped out and also a uh, glass of gratitude to the uh, Tampa Bay Rowdy supporter group uh, Skyway uh, Casuals uh, they had invited us uh, over uh, for the tailgate there it wasn't quite as big as as say uh, Republic FC's tailgate but they have been around longer and Still, it's a pretty good turnout and definitely had a, had a good time uh, chatting during the tailgate with the, some of the members. You know, Very chill. And also um, another thing I'll go into later is a uh, initiative that they have with the Rowdies uh, if the Rowdies uh, get a clean sheet. So we'll talk more about that in a, in a little bit here. Luis, uh, how about you?
1: So for my uh, gloss of gratitude, it goes out to you, Jared, and also to jane and scott and any other uh Sacripolic fans who were there at the match i think it's really awesome that you guys made the trip out there especially you jared i mean you just described the, <laughs> what you did in one entire day and it's not an easy thing especially when you're dealing with this random storm right that came through and <laughs> being out there as a fan and you know putting yourself out there right even though some of the rowdy fans We're trying to avoid the rain and trying to hide over there, but you still stuck it through. And even though they tried to call you out on Twitter, which was so ridiculous in my opinion, but funny at the same time, right, that they would even say that because it makes them look bad. But uh, it just shows how much of fans you guys are. And I keep saying this over and over again because we keep seeing it on TV and hearing of it. But we have one of the most amazing fan bases out there in the entire USL because you have a lot of fans that go to any away venue and no other team out there, I'm pretty sure can say the same thing and it just goes to show just how much people really love this team that you're willing to travel anywhere around the country to go watch a game. It doesn't have to be the final, right? We went to the final ourselves, but you know, going to any other game is just amazing because you know you're just going to a regular season game. It's not a playoff game. you're just going to that. so. Just a big loss of gratitude to that. And I know the players really appreciate that. And again, it's one thing that you can experience if you're playing with uh, Sac Republic is, you know, you're going to have at least, you know, one or two people there that that will be going there to support Whether they're wearing their jersey or not, they're there and we've heard it already uh, all across. I don't think there's one venue that I haven't heard of someone going to it. Uh, Whether we know them or not, they still go. So shout out to everyone who uh, does that. And that's all I had for today.
0: Those are excellent, you guys. Those are excellent glosses of, of gratitude. And um it was it was fabulous watching the team from a distance, you know, remotely, but then also seeing um, well, seeing Jane and Scott and Jane's cousin on um television, you know, because they did uh, at one point in time pan over. Yeah. Seeing everybody on television was really quite a, a treat, you know, because it makes it a lot more real. Cause you know, the guys were so far away. I mean, that's how much farther away than the East coast. Can you, can you get when you're um, traveling and it, I don't think from Sacramento, it's an easy trip, right?
2: Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely gotta be some connections going. I mean, well, exception of mine, but but uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, Aside from maybe Hartford, I think this might be the furthest southeast they've played because uh, Tampa Bay is actually further south than even Orlando. Oh, yeah, although, yeah. although, according to Skyway Casuals, uh, uh, Tampa Bay fans aren't exactly uh, fond of Orlando City either. So we have that in common. I love it.
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. Yeah, I, I remember when they mentioned that they were going to go travel to the final to go show support for us. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, right? They yes. they, they had said that. I I didn't see him personally, but I wouldn't doubt it if they brought some people out there just to you know, you know, well, throw some shade at them.
0: <laughs> USL supports USL, you
1: know. So first goal, got to talk about it, right? We got scored on in this part too. Thirty third minute in one of those situations where I always say there's one thing you cannot allow is for a goalkeeper to get an assist, right? Because Every single time that that ends up happening, more than likely one of your defenders made a mistake. They didn't calculate the ball correctly, and then they allowed the other player to actually beat them in speed. And that's exactly what happened here with uh, Shane not being able to catch up to the guy. And you know what? Once he had been beyond Shane, I was like, it's going to be a bit tough. We know that Danny is good at stopping one on ones, but the guy had you know so much advantage over Shane that it was it was more possible that he would be scoring right and that's exactly what happened and you know what we were down one nil right because of that
0: so we re- re- replay that let's let's watch that a little bit more closely how you know the the tamp uh, the tampa bay player received a ball from from the keeper was onside. you know when the ball was played and he he was he was definitely on sides when the ball was played and just outran Shane and Shane's not slow. It was just you know it was just a, a a tough situation. Now who was what player of ours had to come in at the last minute and slide in?
1: That was actually Shane. That uh, he was running behind and he he wasn't able to slide in on time. Right? I mean, there was no uh, way that he'd be able to.
0: Okay. So wow. Okay. So that uh-huh. was. That was, that was Shane. So it really, wow, that was that was close. That could have actually almost been an own goal. Was that some of the conversation that we were having?
1: Yeah. I think some some of our uh, friends actually thought that it was actually an own goal. Because okay. it, it, when you look at it in a certain angle, it looks like it could have been right. But no, right. the guy managed to just, you know, get there before Shane did. And again, it, it was tough for him to even beat him, right? At that point, he's already running behind. The play is going right. on. The pass happens. You can't really well, fix they, it.
0: No. no, they can't fix it, but they did do the first defender, second defender thing. You know, Connor came out um, and Shane tucked in behind, you know, to give Connor cover, but everything happened way too fast. Now, it wasn't but moments after that that Shane got subbed out, and there was a big question as to that was fast, you know, uh, a fast sub.
2: Yeah, that, that was uh, something I was thinking here, uh, given the fact that the uh, first half, we actually had a substitution, uh, and it wasn't related to injury. So I think uh, that that definitely played a large role in in the substitution happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once once he got up to J.J. Williams, I mean, there's a reason why Tampa Bay had, had pulled this, uh, quite a bit of strings to get him signed in. I mean, the man's definitely uh, got some uh, speed on him and he was able to take advantage of that and fortunately get get it past Danny.
1: Yeah, and you know the fact that he did the substitution right so early on especially after that had happened it, it really shows that the coach was seeing right that Shane was losing balls there and you know he didn't he wasn't able to actually uh, get to the guy there and it was a big mistake right because the guy just kept running from behind it wasn't like the guy was too close to him because if we actually look at the pass, the guy is like really behind Shane, right? I mean, he really pulls a run to get to it. Shane should have been able to actually get this one, right? I mean, you can't have a guy who's like so many yards behind you, beat you when goalkeeper's trying to pass it to him, right? I mean, it was you could see where the ball was going there. And uh I could see why coach would have been really disappointed, right? I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the dressing room <laughs> at halftime. With coach being like, come on, this isn't a goal we should be giving up. We could have still been 0-0. The game was, you know, even at, at that time still. And we were down away. And it's tough when you're down away. Luckily, we managed to pull through, get the type. Uh, we know it's not easy. When you're down 1-0, especially with the weather situation, right? It started to get a little worse after. wasn't yeah, easy. it was bad. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So yeah. Shane, Shane did lose. He lost his mark. He lost, you know, that opportunity. I still don't, I mean, I don't know that it was happening every single time, but, you know, Williams is, like, brilliantly fast, and then, unfortunately, he ends up getting, you know, ejected at the end of the game. I believe he was the one that ended up with the double yellow.
1: Yeah, he was one of two.
0: Yeah, one of two. So, you know, that was kind of, he's spicy. Um, Definitely somebody you don't want to lose track of. But I don't know, you know, I know Lee Desmond is fast, but that's who came in. And it looked like it took Lee, I don't know, 10 minutes to get into sync with the match. Um, Even the announcers were kind of mentioning a little bit of, you know, thrown into this match kind of early, early in the game. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens now. Just FYI, Johnny Fandenwick was away this weekend. Not that he travels with the team or you know has been coming lately. Um, he was away celebrating his brother's wedding uh, back over in the homeland where he's from. Oh, so we did not have awesome. him. Yeah, we didn't have him. But interesting. So moving on, I'm trying to remember um, who got the first yellow. I think
1: Tampa Bay actually did according to the... Ticker. That's, that's yeah. here. Yeah. And and Jared, uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember who did, but yeah, the ticker says that Tampa Bay it was actually JJ Williams. It's Raziel. Oh, it okay. 55th okay. minute. Yeah. So literally, so,
0: he's he uh, the goal. We sub Shane out like right after that. And then, mm. you know, he gets a yeah <laughs> It's just amazing. Okay. Yeah.
1: Li- literally, Lee got subbed in eight minutes after, which I think this is the earliest that I've ever seen coach do a sub without it being an injury. Right. And it's good. I'm glad that he does that. I I mean, I would feel bad as a player, right? Anyone would. If you're the one being subbed out, you're not injured, making a statement there. But you got to do what you got to do. And if you're noticing that he's not able to, you know, put up with their speed, then you have to make your adjustments. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't take it the wrong way. But sometimes things just happen and you have to just do adjustments. So glad he did it really early on. And he was able to, you know, fix any situation that was going there. But luckily for us, it didn't last too long, right? We weren't down for too long. And we were able to secure uh, a great goal right before the first half ended, which I oh. always say that you can't go losing in at halftime. Get that first goal. It's a whole different situation, even if it's just a tying goal, to get it right before uh, the first half ends. And got to say it one more time again, right? Great play by uh, Russell Ciceroni. He not only scores goals, but he also puts some brilliant assists and he did the same thing here. Nick yeah. steps in as if Nick was a forward, yep. which I'm really amazed by what he did. He played as if he was a striker himself and yeah. he shoots it right where you're supposed to shoot it at, right? Difficult yep. shot where mm-hmm. the goalkeeper didn't get it.
0: Yep. He did near post, which was a uh, real strange, but you know, he did, he did near post. I mean, the keeper did come out a little bit far considering that he already had some defenders, um you know in the in the area the keeper did but i'll tell you what nick ross it, that's kind of that's got to be one of my most favorite goal types of goals to be scored that was felt really similar not quite as congested uh you know with a uh, striker power as uh, a sac republic when we did it at home when uh Ru- when russell was found by Al Al year um Mm. that one time and Russell came from an onside position and ran on when Luther was offside. So in this case, uh, if you notice Seba went down, okay, Seba went down on the field. So he's down on the pitch, laying down on the pitch. And I don't know if Tampa Bay thought that the play was going to stop because of that, but it didn't. And the advantage was played. So Russell was able to Russell was able to just kind of take it, take it. It's like, you could tell the players were like, okay, what's going to happen with that number nine on Sacramento side. And, and Russell was like, we don't care. I've gotten, I've got Nick Ross, the boss making this brilliant run and boom, we get a goal. So I have a funny feeling similar to that other match that we saw when Russell came in from behind and there was confusion because Luther was the offside position. And so I think, you know, the, the defense, Froze just half a step enough to let Nick get in, right? You you see the you see the defense looking at Seba. They're looking at Seba. It's like aren't they going to blow the whistle on that poor fellow that fell down?
2: <laughs> it's one of the things they they tell you on the first day of playing soccer. You play to the whistle. You don't hear a whistle. Mm-hmm. You keep going. Yeah, and and that's what a lot of the. uh nearby rallies fans were saying in my section, you know, they, they were thinking that the game was going to be, you know, halted, you know, because of the other uh, down player, but there was still no whistle and Russell took advantage of it and got it over to Nick. He had knocked it in, got us tied in. And also a yeah, shout out to uh, Jane for her bathroom curse, because she, uh, once again, she had to use the facilities and that's when they scored.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess if it brings us luck, yeah. But so he has to uh, miss the goal. But you know, I'm really glad that the referee played advantage, right? Because how many times have we seen, especially in USL, refs not playing advantage and then we're right there shouting at the referee? Like, come on, it could the advantage, right? Goal. Yeah. So, like, spot on. I mean, I have to say that I, no complaints on my part with this ref. He was on point with yellow cards on both sides, right? He wasn't taking anything at all. And even the two double yellow cards, I feel like they were double yellow cards, in my opinion. You think so? I mean, okay. especially that, that second one. Like, I kept shouting oh, yeah. at, at the referee, and it's like, it, it gets to a certain point where it's too excessive, where you're like, all right, just pull the other yellow. You Don't let them, like, do that to you. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt like they were worthy of yellow cards. Now, for straight-up reds, maybe not so much, but they already had a yellow card. Ref was just doing his job pulling another yellow, and... For the first time we see a ref who actually, <laughs> I think, pulls uh, some red cards on our opposition, right? I think the last time he had been with uh, Darik, right? When, But he technically got it after the game, right? When he was shouting at the ref in the Open Cup. So yeah. um doesn't happen often. So when it does, <laughs> nice to see him actually um, refereeing and pulling the cards uh, when they need to be uh, pulled. So that happened again. We were tied 1-1 at halftime
0: you could have just gone to sleep at that point in time I and mean, we could have all <laughs> taken a break. Cause that's how the game ended, but you Basically, were going to say yeah.
1: Luis. And I want to hear it from Jared though, because you, I know they didn't celebrate uh, on your side, but you were on the other side right there. I mean, the goal happened closer to where you were at. What, what was the atmosphere like yeah. when we scored the goal? Like how, how did it feel being the only one that was right there, like celebrating along with like Jane Scott and then a few others. I think that you also mentioned.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they were a couple sections away. Uh, I think uh, section 104 or 105, something like that. And I was at 107, which was the perfect corner seat. But uh, opposite from there, yeah, a lot of the Rowley's fans thought the uh, play should have been stopped, uh, obviously, because we ended up scoring a goal. But uh, yeah, the opinion about the refs, uh, Jay and I were pretty much in agreement that. More than likely, these refs might not want to take those uh, bridges for, from St. Pete to Tampa Bay. I don't know if anybody's ever seen true lines with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, but it all involves the, the four big words. The bridge is out. <laughs> but uh, funny. Yeah. Rowdy fans did not like this rep. And I and I, and I get they really come from on, on that, especially with, with the red cards. But hey, we've gotten some uh, royal uh, screwness uh, taken out on us as well. So it's somehow the cards just played right. And then ultimately, when it came to halftime, that's when the major rain that hit. It was just a couple minutes left in stoppage time. We were feeling the raindrops. I've actually posted some pictures of some of the clouds uh, that were just hanging over the stadium. Halftime hit. All the uh, pretty much the majority of fans made their way to the concourse. Meanwhile, me, uh, me being an idiot decided to to hold up the uh, Indomitable towel dr- in the rain, getting soaked. And in fact, uh, as Louis had pointed out, uh, which I love and where the tweet, someone had had uh, spotted that uh, I was the lone uh, Republic FC fan waving the flag in the rain while all the Rowdy fans went went upstairs and. Really, I know that's probably just one fan. Uh, as far as that goes, every club's gonna have that uh, rare knucklehead online. So I, I just basically told him, Hey, we don't get a whole lot of rain in Arizona, so it is worth it. <laughs> it uh started letting up about the 60th minute, so uh, well, 60th, 65th minute, something like that. So it became more tolerable,
1: yeah. And again, it was just in time, right when we had already tied because if we would have been out down one nil. I don't know. I don't think we probably would have tied, especially with, again, given the weather conditions and and all that. So, you know, we we scored the goal at the right minute, too. Um, It was was the right opportunity. But like I said, they were down, though. First uh, double yellow for the red card happened in the 82nd minute. And to me, clear yellow, clear as day because he knocks our player down guy who ends up scoring the goal. And then some people I think were celebrating already, right, Jared? And (laughs) thinking, which I was like, it's a foul. If the referee doesn't call this one, I would have had a lot of complaints right now. But ref wasn't taking that for an answer, right? He goes back, he marks the foul, and he pulls a double yellow, right? But how many times have we seen refs not pull double yellows on these and just be like, hey, it's a foul, right? He just kind of got in front of him. But you guys look at the replay. I mean, he... Basically, just knocked our player down. Right. And, and that's how you're able he knocked to get down.
0: Them. The guy he knocked down was no slouch. That's Jared. Jared, not you, Jared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. I know.
0: <laughs> Jared's not light. He's hard to knock over. As a matter of fact, he'd be the guy that would knock you over if you're a striker, you know, as he's trying to get up and over you for a header or whatnot. So that was egregious. I agree with you, Luis. That was very egregious to knock knock our Jared down like that. I mean that was an elbow to the back and prevented, yeah, so, yeah,
1: I agree. and then after he gets the red card, he's still you know saying all kinds of things to the ref and and all that, and that's why I think they wouldn't even consider dropping that one. I mean, it was already it was worth it already, and then plus he was even shouting at the ref at the same time too um now the the second yellow uh for the second guy over there in the 92nd minute the replay here doesn't show us exactly how it all went down but i remember uh him knocking down i want to say it was jack over there i know jared if you recall i know it was like on the other side but he knocked him down there too and i think he may have said some words to the ref from afar so that's why the more than likely
2: yeah, more than likely. I know a lot of uh, Rowdy's fans were saying that that was a soft yellow, even questioning what was going on as far as that's concerned. But, you know, if uh, going back and forth with the ref, I mean, it's, it's not going to get the ref on, on good terms with you. So it's, it's almost like an exercise in futility. I mean, sometimes you just got to either use cleaner words or just not even bother uh yeah, John at the referee cuz like like we've seen it second yellow that's going to put put you out so possibly this one I, I would imagine around his may uh, dispute that one the first red obviously that's 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 a no brainer that one's definitely a red so we'll have to see how uh Tampa Bay uh answers to this red card because they're already short of players you have Leo Fernandez I mean who was um, who's a major uh, uh, cog in, in in the works for Tampa Bay. He's injured. you got a couple other players as well. So just the fact that you've got J.J. Williams, he's, he's got the other red, I believe, and then this other mm-hmm. player, that's two players that could be, potentially be out for the next week. And Tampa Bay is technically still undefeated over the past six weeks. Um, their mm-hmm. winning streak may be over, but you know, th- these are some important players for them as far mm-hmm. as why they, we were in second place before this match now they're in third so this could very well uh, come back to haunt tampa bay
0: interesting
1: yeah but i do have to say one thing though is that when they got the first red card we had probably around like 10 minutes or so that we could have done a little bit more and i didn't see us as aggressive as, as we should have been right because they're down a man we should have just had plays over and over again and we didn't, right? And even when they were down the second man, I think we just had made like four minutes. I know it's not that much time, but even then we were just passing the ball. And even as we look here at when the referee blew the whistle, the guys were just passing the ball around. And I was just like, come on, someone just pull a shot, cross the ball already. You know, they're down two men. We could actually have a possibility, right? But I, I didn't see that. And I think that we had enough time to get the winning goal in those 10 minutes of them having one man down. I agree with
0: you. I agree with you on that 100%. It's almost like we need to uh, realize when we have the numerical superiority. And, Mm. you know, I don't know if it was field conditions or just what and why we didn't put the press on. I know Martha Robinson is always like, we need to put the press on, you know, we need and, Mm. you know, Luis, you do too. But it was almost like we just took the foot off the gas and we were going to just settle for a tie. Literally it looked like the last 10 minutes is like, oh, we'll just settle for this tie. And then we had four more minutes, like you said, to we now have we could have just walked right through their defense, but they probably would have it would have gotten a little chippy had you know we really pressed, I I imagine. But maybe we didn't have the right players on the pitch to do a uh, numerical, I don't know. It you just you don't know what's going on in the minds of the players or the coach, you know, as far as how they're feeling about the whole thing and whether they think that they can do it, you know, cause they all have to convince themselves individually and as a group that they can do it. And mm-hmm. it almost felt like they hadn't convinced each other that they were going to do that. So that was weird.
1: Yeah. And i grant granted, we're not used to being the team that has one or two more men on the pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: it, it is one of the very few times probably in Republic history <laughs> that we see that. So uh, they need to get used to that. And it's like, come on it wasn't us it was them <laughs> yeah this was definitely
2: a, a unique match i mean for, first of all you have know, to, to have the conditions as they they were and then taking on such a, such a heavyweight from the east coast and reduce them down to nine players uh, on the field and and we saw uh, one republic fc player was getting ready to take the shot but then the whistle blew so we couldn't really do anything but yes i agree we definitely need to put some pressure on since we uh, had the second man removed from the red card, that was that would have been the opportune chance to to put in the goal shot uh, here or there. But then again, on the other side of the coin, you know, as was mentioned, you know, Tampa Bay was thinking, hey, we already got two people out. You know, there's still going to be that potential for uh, chippiness. So, you know, I, I kind of get where it, it ended why it ended. I kind of wish we put more pressure on, but you know, it's. At least better to have one point than none. I mean, that's so probably I a the co- best way of putting it I have a question
0: for you guys. Luis Felipe, was he effective? First question. Second question. What's up with no Keiko even in the lineup? Third question. I think Nick Ross has cemented his place. What do you think? Um, are, are we satisfied with Seba and Lopez? Are we satisfied with the fact that Russell doesn't play 90 minutes hardly you know it's kind of like these little questions started to form while I was watching the match you know mm. so what do you guys think about Luis Felipe was he on or off
2: yeah I didn't really see a whole lot a lot of explosion like like he normally brings uh, I mean I know it's pretty much coming up to the halfway point of the season but uh yeah I mean usually I'm I'm used to seeing Luis uh, Felipe uh, Felipe just Blasting through, you know, just you know, getting any chance that he can, but I just really didn't sense it this uh this
1: match. Yeah. But I Sibano, what did you think? Same thing as well. I mean, I, I think he he was a bit lost out there. And I actually I don't even really recall seeing him all that much. Um, or like you know, a lot of opportunities generated by him. And yeah, he's the guy who is usually out there. So uh yeah, I mean I don't know if it was maybe due to the position he was playing in, maybe it's not the typical one that he's in, but it was so strange not seeing him because he's he's usually, you know, a powerhouse, you know, you see him all across the pitch, right, and all that, so uh, it's definitely a mystery, but I think for me the biggest mystery was your second question on, like, what's up with Keiko, I actually was going to ask that same thing too because I was shocked not even seeing him, you know, get another game, right? Yeah, another game where he doesn't see, like, time. He
0: wasn't even in the lineup. He didn't even yeah. travel with the team.
1: Yeah. So I guess what we're getting ahead of ourselves with Jared, But that's a USL and Salt Mystery. There you <laughs> right go. Right there. The that's like, so w- 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 what's Gecko?
0: Yeah. So so I imagine the reason why we probably didn't see a ton of Luis Felipe is, if you notice in the match, except for a few times, like when their strikers would collapse in, inside, all the game was played on the flanks. You know, there was a lot of action from Aldair. There was a lot of action with Jack Gurr. There was a lot of outside flank play, right, Jared? wasn't. Didn't the game kind of on both sides get spread outside, which is not a Luis Felipe zone. He would have zoned, you know, when the play came up the gut, when Williams or one of their other strikers, you know, would get the ball and work the ball through the middle. But it was weird because if I remember right, there was a lot of outside play, which is probably why, I don't know. I, I'm thinking that's why coach switched out Shane Weep. Who knows? You know, maybe Lee Desmond has a step on Shane, but I what's weird is Shane is freaking fast. I don't know. I I'm still confused. I, I need answers. Connor, Connor Sutton. We need answers as to, you know, all these things. We need to drill down and, and, and maybe on your next uh, podcast, you can answer some of our questions.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I've noticed compared to other matches, it seemed like the roundies, I wouldn't say ha- had us completely locked down, but, uh, it definitely, uh, forced it looked like they were forcing us to play a different method. I mean, just like you said, you know, going to- towards the outside, whereas we're usually used to just breaking through the middle. Uh, so th- there's a reason why the roundies have jumped back uh, to the top, uh, to top uh, four of the Eastern Conference with play like this. So this was definitely a challenge. I mean, a lot of folks are saying this is potentially the USL championship final, which both the teams play like it was you know, except for the last uh, uh, stoppage time other than that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. this is something we can need to learn from.
0: Yeah, exactly. So looking at the standings and Luis Urbano has us looking at the standings on both the Eastern and the Western Western side. I'm still freaking afraid. I am still afraid of El Paso and I'm getting more afraid of San Antonio, not as afraid of San Diego loyal. And when I say afraid, it's like, I'm not afraid of them. I just respect these teams that are clawing their way to the top of the table in the Western conference. Seriously. I'm, El Paso gives me pause to cause to pause. If you think about it.
2: Yeah. El Paso has come out from nowhere with the, this winning streak. I believe uh, according to the USL website, I believe they are now at uh, seven straight that they've won. So El Paso has turned it around. Now I'm just glad that we were able to get uh, give them the loss early on in the season. So at least that way, we only have one more t- time to play them this year. It is going to be a struggle if El Paso keeps up at this rate. San yeah. Antonio, they were up 3-0 against San Diego, but then out of nowhere, San Diego gives it gives them that RKO, and they end up drawing 3-3. So it's it's always going to be a tough matchup between those two teams. I mean, remember the last year, they, they were pretty oh. high up. I mean, higher up than us both. Oh, this so, weekend, you guys, this weekend, oh my gosh, we
0: should be watching matches while we're, um, ah. we should be watching a lot of matches. So tune your dials. San Antonio, El Paso plays at six o'clock our time. And then we are in San Diego. Um, and I think their match, our match with them starts at seven. I believe that's the time San Diego
2: plays. Well, myself and Luis are going to be a little busy around match that, that match time.
0: Dang it, you guys! You got to get your phones. You got to get your life squared away. Be able we're, to watch three matches at once.
2: We're having boys down at at the uh, Phoenix Rising uh, Oakland Roots game.
1: Yeah, and, and Oakland it, Roots is getting good. scary. Yeah, Oakland Roots is too, and then Phoenix is also um, trying to climb their way up there too. Rather right um, in a playoff spot, eight a place, twelve games played, and sixteen points. Um, so you know they're they're there, and yeah, Oakland. Is trying to climb back up, right? They they have a game in hand, uh, and if they win that, they're just going to be five points away from us. So I, I get what you're saying, that Sharon. All these teams are looking pretty scary, yeah, because they're getting really close to us. And you know that this tie kind of game <laughs> more of an advantage to get to us. And in fact, El Paso could actually tie us because they also have a game in hand. And if they win that one, they're going to get to 28 points, right? And again, it's been because we've had a couple of ties, even though. Yes, El Paso has three losses and we are still the only team in USL, which is one loss. But when you get a tie, you allow another team to get closer to you, right? I mean, you're losing out on two points. So that's exactly what has been going on here. So thank you, San Diego, for getting that tie against San Antonio. Because anytime those teams play against each other, like El Paso and San Antonio, we're going to want them to tie, right? I mean, as much as we want to see San Antonio lose, we don't want El Paso to... uh, tie us right in point. So um it's good when they get ties uh whenever they play against each other. But, but luckily I luckily like that game when will we, be an hour
0: I don't like our ties. I hate our ties. It's the wrong color, you know? They're they're picking the, the wrong kind of tie. I'd rather them wear a tie than get a tie.
1: Yeah, that's true. We we all know what happened a few seasons ago, right? We yeah. love to buy oh. so many ties and Ugh. Yeah, yeah. We were making sure that men's warehouse didn't go out of business. So oh, oh. let's hope they don't get to that again. Because <laughs> four ties were slowly climbing back up to that. But uh, but again, I'm not opposed to us to getting those ties away. That's fine, because it's difficult, especially traveling to the East. Uh, we knew that it wasn't going to be an easy match. So a point felt like a win. Although, granted, they were down a man for 10 minutes. And I think that's maybe what made the point feel like, uh... Could have been three points. Are we going to need him at the end of the season? Hopefully not, but <laughs> we might be looking back and being like, if you would have gotten those two more points, you could have been in first place, right? So hopefully that's not I, the case, but yeah. I
0: want to know what coach said a at halftime, and I want to know what he said after the match. Um, you know, I'd be... I don't know if they've got some of the clips. Um, we haven't been getting any of the post-game match clips to play lately. We should, we should look into getting those again, but I would love to be a fly on the wall and hear, you know, and hear what coach is thinking and saying, you know, moving into this week. Oh crap. Are you serious? You're going to do podcasts. Winner. God, you. I got zero. Oh, you're just segwayed right into some <laughs> I'm just going to walk out the room here. You can have the microphone, the shared microphone. I don't want it
1: anymore. All right. I'll, I'll gladly take it because uh, me and Jared were uh, pretty happy too. In fact, I was really happy because it's been a while. I think since anyone's gotten the score right, I was the only one that was like, I don't think we're going to win this one. I think it's going to be a tie. Although, like I said in the chat, I really wish I would have been wrong and one of you would have gotten it right. I wish, Sharon, actually, you would have gotten it right because yeah. you could have gotten it right. If the team would have stepped up for 10 minutes. It should have been 2-1, but they didn't do so. And I ended up getting the point. That was my consolation prize, as I was telling everyone, <laughs> is to actually uh, get the point there. And then Jared guessed that Tampa would actually be getting the first yellow card. So he got the point there. Both of us got one point. So standing-wise, we're getting closer to you, Sharon. Sharon's got 11 points. I got 10 and Jared's got nine. So things are really interesting. We're just a match away from the standings changing completely. And Jared could potentially, you know, tie Sharon. All it takes is just two points and you could be there. So. I I still should. I I still should have
2: stopped by USL headquarters while I was in Tampa to talk about last week's uh, penalty. Why did and Why? (laughs) They called it a penalty uh, kick for uh, for uh, the opposition and yet didn't give Danny a card, which I'm in one on one half. I'm glad he didn't get carded. But the other half, you know, was just waiting for it for that card to come out so I can get a point. So it was just dual conflict. I I, I should have stopped by the, the headquarters Saturday if I had time. So listen up. So because of our
0: podcast and our discussion, our lengthy discussion last time about that whole situation and grousing about John Crawford personally, to me, sent me this long running set of like rules and interpretations and they all make sense. And maybe I should send them on to you, Jared, to kind of, you know, ease the pain a little bit of not, not getting the point for the yellow. So anyhow, Eh. yep. It's about whether something was a cautionable offense and you can award a PK without always having to throw a card. And in this case, (sighs) yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it was kind of interesting that I got this very, uh, you know, John is our researcher. You know, a oh lot yeah, of the two of you guys, and you know, we all have our our forte. But John's John's been digging in; he's been doing a good job.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And, um, and if if Danny happens to be listening to this, um, we didn't want you to get a yellow card, but Jared would have gained a point if so, and I would have lost a point. So basically, I would be last place right now, and Jared would actually be um, in second place. So this is why. This is what's going on right now. So, yeah, the referee made sure that those things changed, but all because of a ref call, I'm actually in second place and not in third. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I I hear him grousing still. It's okay, Jared.
2: Yeah, I'll just bust out some some more uh, Publix cookies to, to, to soothe the pain.
0: So now we're moving into making some predictions for the Sacramento versus San Diego match in San Diego. And based on what San Antonio did to San Diego and knowing that San Diego has an ejected player, they're, they're running on a red. One of their players is on a red. I am actually going to be brave and say, we're going to go 2 zero. We're going to win. And this is weird. I have Russell's Still have Russell scoring the first goal and Jack, if not, if Russell doesn't see the pitch. The first yellow, I'm going with San Diego and hoping that what's-his-name is not the official one that we don't like.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. Mr. Revis.
0: Yeah. Luis. Yeah, you have to go second, Luis.
1: I have to go Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm actually going to say a 2-1 win for us, but hope I'm wrong because those clean sheets are really great and just puts uh, Danny closer to getting a Golden Glove this season. But 2-1 is my scoreline. First goal scorer, I'm going to go with Russell again because, uh, you know, I've been going with Russell and I, he's going to score first again at some point. <laughs> and if he doesn't see the pitch, then I'm going to go with Seba because uh, yeah. I've gotten Seba first before and it hasn't worked out quite well, but maybe second, it, it maybe will. First yellow card. I think we get the first yellow card. Okie
2: doke, Mister yeah. J Rod. It's going to be a, a tough match, especially San Diego just uh, coming off the the high of uh, tying San Antonio the way they did. I'm going to say one nil uh, Republic. First one to score. I am going to say Seba. And if for some reason if he doesn't get in, I'm going to I'm going to go with Luther. Luther. And then yellow card. I'm going to say
1: uh, Republic
0: okay this is looking good we all have a different score line we could all be right or we could all be wrong
1: yeah but someone will be getting getting points and if Psych republic gets the first yellow card sharon i'm gonna be tying you and then jared's gonna be right there following (laughs) (laughs) so yellow card is gonna determine a lot Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if uh, you're gonna be out there uh, shouting at the tv if the, the ref pulls the first yellow on us.
0: Gosh, if I didn't have commitments on the 11th, you know, there's that little inside voice that says, why don't you just fly down and catch a match in San Diego? But yeah, yeah there's,
1: I, there's good weather.
0: I don't have a private plane, you know.
1: <laughs> I think we might know someone who does have a private plane. I wonder if uh, they might be uh His initials it.
0: are Kn K N. Yeah. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, I'm your best friend. Can I fly with you down to San Diego? Let's talk about Huddersfield.
1: Yeah. He, he did put out a tweet, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw it right. His commitment to Huddersfield Town. And it, it was a really like meaningful tweet that he put out. And uh, I think makes all the fans feel really good, right? Because he's directly addressing them. So uh, shout out to him for doing that. I think uh, if I was a Huddersfield Town fan, which we are, right? But if that was the, our, our first team, then uh, I would feel really good about that. And it's it doesn't happen often. that You see uh, team owners actually addressing fans in that way, right? Usually they, they let other people do that, or maybe they yeah. just don't really bother, right? They just say, I just bought it. That's that. So yeah. um, shout out to him for doing that. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how things go. But uh, scoreboard's looking uh, pretty interesting. I'm glad that the game will be on Friday. Once again, especially for Jared and myself, so uh, we don't have to be busy looking at our phones and actually be able to uh, enjoy the Phoenix-Oakland match right there. So, uh, great. That'll be the case again. It's going to be this Friday at San Diego, 7 p.m. start time. Um, And, uh, you know, that's all for the best, but we know that it's not always easy playing in San Diego.
0: I forgot. That's right. It's Friday. It's Friday, Matt. That makes it even better for me. Holy smokes. Excellent. Yippee. Yeah.
2: And I should be working from home so at least that way I'll I'll have uh you know stuff ready and just uh, have the game on the Xbox and you know get, get prepared. and Hopefully we bring home the 3 points.
1: And by the way, way, we way might I mean, be having a, uh we might be having a short podcast episode and if we record it it might be post match because uh I I will be flying to Phoenix early Saturday morning and I'll be there for an entire week too so uh we might be doing that uh especially if you two are able to (laughs) at night keeping it quick because i have to wake up early but we'll do something so that way uh everyone will have an episode
0: oh perfect and nice short and sweet Yep, no matter if we win lose or draw got it
1: yeah even if it's a zero zero draw even quicker (laughs) um well on to some of our teams here in the central valley i want to talk some uslw right because we saw a couple of different games and Sharon, I don't know if you happen to go to another match.
0: I didn't past for the
1: storm, but yeah, um
0: no,
1: did not storm actually lost against uh Oakland soul. Three, two. And, uh, what? and,
0: yeah. they, oh, and they also lost to, um,
1: the glens, I think. Was yeah, the the glens. Glens? <laughs> those damn glens. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's tough, right? I mean, we, we know that those teams are tough, but, You know what? Just got to brush it away and, you know, keep on thinking forward, too. Um, On the other hand, Stockton Cargo has also had a couple of losses, too. But this past weekend, they did pull a win, which uh, was a pretty epic one as well, from what I hear. So shout out to them for getting the win. I believe they're um, midway in the table right now, which, again, first season, brand new team. Just started playing basically like a month, two months ago. So, uh, you know, the fact that they're right there mid-table is amazing for them. Uh, now, on the other hand, Academica kind of still struggling going back and forth, too. But the USL League two men's team actually got their win uh, the other day as well. So shout out Woo! to them. Glad that they managed to uh, get a win, a much needed one, because you need to have a win to, uh, you know, get that confidence up. And speaking of getting wins, Central Valley Fuego finally was able to pull a win. And luckily, it was away as well, right, because we know that the away wins are always great and uh they managed to beat ford madison 2-1 and they had previously gotten their first win of the season over um at home against south georgia Tormenta back in uh may 20th there but slowly you know trying to like you know get out of that like last play zone and right now they're sitting in 10th place out of the 12 teams that are there in the league and you know not too far from a playoff opportunity so uh It's good that they are, you know, trying to do a a comeback and I have faith that they'll be able to do that, especially when you pull an an away win considering that they had just lost in uh, Northern Colorado against the Hellstorm 4-1 and this was their second time away. So not easy to do that, let alone to have to travel twice uh, for for their team and multiple connecting flights, right? Because we know that for there to be a direct flight from Fresno, it's got to be probably a... A major like city to have one that would even be direct. So
2: yeah, it's uh, well, it, it's tough. Well, in the Fuego's defense—they were playing against two kind of hailstorms. I mean, the club and the weather events. I mean, it wasn't fair. But uh, at least this mm-hmm. way, the Fuego—you know—managed to take out uh, forward Madison and they're out of the basement. So this is definitely progress. I'm liking what Fuego's doing so far. And also, I'm still I'm still happy. Uh, Academica got their win as well. I mean, they they needed it. They needed that that win. So, congratulations, uh, Academica. And then also, also can't forget about the uh, and Cargo. They've been doing great this season as well. And the Storm, yeah, they they got a loss, but we know they're going to rebound. I mean, this is an exciting year for Central Valley soccer. I'm just glad to see all the, you know, three of these teams, as well as the uh, Fuego in the League 2, you know, turning it around. You know, there's this is – the season is not over yet for, for either of these teams. So, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, they're basically um, – most of them are in half of their season right now. And, you know, we've seen a lot of teams, you don't start right, but moment that half point of the season comes by, you start doing good. And before you know it, boom, you're in – playoff territory and i think that's exactly what we we could be witnessing here with uh the different teams but just gotta hope for the best uh there's a lot of good matches coming soon there and if you want to catch actually a fuego match they're actually going to be playing at home twice right they they travel twice now they get to host uh two at home consecutively one this saturday on june 10th and another one on june 17th so if you've been wanting to get out there now's a good time to go especially I think this weekend I think it's not supposed to be too hot maybe the following weekend it's going to be really hot so um, you definitely want to go and take advantage of any uh, lesser you know warm temperatures out there because we know it can get really heated up <laughs> as their name states right that's why they're, they're known as the fuego there but um, great stuff from all the teams we're proud of uh, seeing their performances and we'll definitely keep uh, keeping our tabs on them and talking about them each week as they um, make their way to a uh, hopefully uh, playoff spot.
0: Just, I'm just happy that we have this much good soccer going on. Um, we also have our, uh, the Academy, uh, one of the, one of the boys teams, oh, was it the U-17s? Uh, I believe just toured up in a tournament recently. So, I mean, we just, we're clicking on, we're, Soccer in the Central Valley is hot right now. doesn't matter if you win, lose or draw, just having all of these options for everybody, you know, to move into playing wise is just spectacular.
1: I love it. Yeah. A lot of good showcases, a lot of good goals and all that. So, yeah.
0: and Ryan and Alicia had their baby.
1: Yeah. So congratulations to Ryan. Uh, shout out to him for uh, having his newborn. And we're so happy for him too. You know, he's been uh Big supporter of our show and all that we do as well. So shout out to you, Ryan. We're really happy for you. We know it hasn't been easy. And Alicia, but yeah,
0: and Alicia, and
1: Alicia as well, of course. Yeah, we're really proud of you guys. We know that you guys had to overcome a lot of struggles, and it's it's nice to see him in a in a good mood, right? Because they're really good people, not only supporting our show but also supporting the team in any way. I mean, Ryan's been wanting to do a lot more, you know, with the team and all that, and you know, you greatly appreciate those people that are out there. Um, making sure that the team that we all enjoy to support continues yeah. to be around, right. And, um, support them in any way possible. So
2: and little baby and Nico is quite cute. <laughs> and of course, you know, when it involves a birthday, you know, Republic FC, you know, they, they always got to win on somebody's birthday. So
1: why not the first one? <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the more birthdays, the better <laughs> for more, uh, fans yeah let's let's get everyone let's get fans that have a birthday every single day of the year so that way <laughs> there's uh g- good things going on there with the team cool well Sharon Jared last final parting words here before we uh say good night
0: hey train hard this week no matter who you are or what you're doing you know enjoy what you're doing and go Republic go take it to San Diego and win get a clean sheet for me okay
2: yeah, def- definitely learn from this past weekend. Uh, there's uh, a lot to take in, I-, I know, but hopefully we can apply that uh, down at Torero Stadium. You know, give San Diego the the big L, and give uh, me and Luisa a reason to enjoy that bottle service a uh, l- little more in Old Town Scottsdale this weekend, and also go Republic.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I hope that they <laughs> they give us a good reason to celebrate over there as well, uh, because you know we won't be seeing them on Saturday, but. We definitely want to see uh, a win before, so that way we're feeling pretty good about the match, and we're not feeling like, "Hey, if Oakland wins, they might be, you know, getting really close to us, right?" And I don't know about you, Jared, but I know me going out there, I'll be supporting Oakland. Sorry to all the Phoenix fans, if anyone happens to listen to this, but I gotta support the California team, and we know our past with Phoenix and all that, and I gotta support California teams when they're playing against uh, other teams uh, out there. So. uh, that's that's who I'll be I'll be of course I won't be wearing the jersey like me William might be wearing his jersey or scarf (laughs) that's not happening never happening but with those two teams yeah I'll be I'll be supporting them just in in the way of just supporting you know right there but (laughs) not in merchandise
2: yeah no also the fact that Emra and and Dark are going to be out there so that's definitely uh, worth watching right there
1: yeah either way we're going to be there so if anyone else will be attending or if you're going to be watching the game on tv highly recommend you watch it especially since Zach won't be playing on saturday gives you time to watch other teams around the usl maybe watch the first half of the el paso san antonio match which is going to start at six and then tune into this one this one's going to start at 7 p.m so uh check it out
2: yeah and those listening in arizona much like myself uh the Rising Roots match will be on Arizona's Family Sports, uh, which is on channel 44.1, I believe. Uh, you can also view by the app, but they do have a Geolock, so you must be a resident of Arizona physically to watch the match. Otherwise, ESPN
1: Plus. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, pay the mouse the dollars and uh you can watch it. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our episode tonight. You are gonna definitely be hearing us friday night for sure it'll be posted <laughs> our next episode because otherwise i'm gonna be out i won't be having my personal computer with me so um we wouldn't even be able to get anything out or it wouldn't even be in really good quality so we're trying to prioritize that of course so uh be on the lookout for that it's gonna be a uh, maybe a little bit shorter one but we're gonna have one for y'all so you don't go a week without hearing anything again regardless of what happens we're always here talking about the team whether we win lose or tie you can expect uh, an episode there. All right, everyone, have a good night and you'll hear us Friday. Hear the music.
0: Jared, what about you? You're gonna, you just tossed it to me. Never mind. Let me toss it to Luis. Wait, no. Oh God. I'm losing my mind. Never trust a person over 60 to remember the sequence of events. Okay. My cat. <laughs> Can you guys see this? She's she's gonna tip something over. She's where she's not supposed to be. She's.
1: The oh, no. oh. scarf is about to fall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one already.
2: Oh. <laughs> she knows. Somebody's getting a red card. <laughs> it was weird. Oh my god.
0: Um. I have a cat who's stuck. God, you guys have to see this. Sorry. It's going to be an edit. (laughs) She's stuck. Oh,
1: no. She's stuck between. She's. I don't know
0: where she is. She's somewhere down my desk. Where'd she go?
1: Oh, there she is. So for for all of our listeners to get an idea of basically how her cat is stuck, if you watch the original Toy Story movie, (laughs) the part where Woody ends up dropping the bowling ball, that's basically the situation there with their cat right now. That's where the cat's at. Right in between the furniture and the wall right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kinda of came to mind right away. <laughs> uh